Before the sermon, just a quick word of introduction. A lot of you know me, but we've had a lot of guests here today also. I'm not one of the pastors at this church. I am a member here, and I'm a semi-retired pastor. And uh, one of our pastors, Pastor Mike, is out, out of the country. And when Pastor Steve asked me if I would fill in, I said, well, no. I said I would be honored. So with that word of introduction, oh, my name is Dan. With that word of introduction, dear brothers and sisters, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So we are celebrating all saints today, thanking God for all the saints. And different Christians around the country and around the world have different traditions uh, regarding saints, and that's fine. But when the word saint or saints is used in the Bible... It simply means holy people. A saint is a holy person. And our first thought could, in a healthy way, be, well, that's not me, but wait. Yes, it is. Every one of you here, believers in Jesus, it is you. I'm not holy by my actions, by what I do, by what I've done, but there's someone's there's someone whose actions make us holy. It's the one who took our guilt upon himself, took it all the way to the cross, died for us there, and came to life again. And he replaced our sin and guilt with his holiness by taking our sin and guilt on himself and having it die with him on that cross. Boom. So, are you a saint? I'll look around. Oh, there's St. Ken back there. And uh, there's St. Ian. There's St. Elizabeth. There's St. Jenny. There's St. Cecil. There is St. Annie, St. Aniston, because she's received that gift. And just to prove seriously how incredibly merciful God is, here is St. Dan. I'm not holy in myself. But in Jesus, oh yeah, because he's taken our sins away by giving us the gift of faith in his son, Jesus. All who have received faith in Jesus, forgiveness, new life now, the promise of new life forever, and a perfect new creation, every one of those people is holy in Jesus, is a saint. And I was, as I was working on this, I realized, you know, most of the saints are no longer in this world. There have been so many before us, and they're not all the way dead. Their bodies are dead. But they, and we have a hard time figuring this out, whether you know, soul, spirit, personality, they are living in eternity with the Savior, waiting for the resurrection of the dead. So we are saints in this world, there are also saints in eternity. And when we think of the saints in eternity, especially the ones we love who aren't with us here anymore, we hear this said about what they have and what we're going to get. They have come out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, 
They are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The saints in eternity got it already. We're going to get it too because of God's gift. Back when contemporary Christian music was kind of a new thing, there was a group that did a song, and the title of the song was Grave Robber. And it's not about some mad scientist digging up people to do experiments. It's about the one the only one who can and will empty out all the graves from year one to the last moment in time and change the bodies of those who have died trusting in that grave robber, raise those bodies back together with the rest of them to perfect life forever. He will make the final declaration, which we already have, but he's going to make it clear then. He will pronounce those who have confessed their sins and trusted in Jesus for forgiveness innocent, not guilty, faultless, holy. And he will take us to that new perfect creation where sin and death and sorrow will be no more. And the grave robber, of course, is Jesus. You know that. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the lamb or the sacrifice of God who died on the cross to pay for our sins, who came to life again to assure us a physical resurrection of our bodies, even if they're completely destroyed by the time he returns. He will resurrect our bodies and grant us eternal life. He died for all. He died for you. He rose for all. He rose for you. He's coming for you, not in a fearful way, but to take you to what's your real and perfect home. Now that's a really big deal because, well, you know, death. Death is strange. Because on the one hand, it's 100% natural. If it's alive, it's going to die. Okay? It's natural. And we, you would think, well, okay, that's just the deal. Cool, right? No, it's not cool. It's dreadful unless you know the grave robber. And the reason why it's dreadful is because when I said it's natural, I wasn't telling the truth. I was just making a point. Actually, in God's plan from the beginning, death is unnatural. It was never supposed to happen. It's an enemy. It doesn't belong here, but it is here. And we can't get rid of it. God's original design was that people would not die. But death came along, and with the first sin, and every sin since then, death is coming for all of us. And we hate it, and we fear it, 
and we dread judgment again unless. Several times in my life as a pastor, I have been with a child of God, a believer in Jesus, at the moment they died. Every time that happened, I have never felt so powerless. We can delay death sometimes, but I'll tell you what, when it's going to come, it's going to come. Nothing's going to stop it. But the Lord of life, who is Lord over death, will overcome it. I got a couple of four more stories to tell. Here's, here's one. One time, many years ago, before there were HIPAA laws, it used to be different. Pastors could just walk into a hospital and visit people. And uh, I uh, went to visit a member and went to the, there used to be a clergy desk and you could just look people up. They, you can't do that anymore. But anyway, I looked it up, my member wasn't there. And I, I said to the person who was running the, the clergy desk, I said, oh, did so-and-so go home? And oh yeah, they were, they were discharged just a little while ago. Oh, okay, fine. And she said to me, you're a Lutheran pastor, aren't you? And I said, yes. And she said, do you have a little time? And I said, yeah, actually I do. And she said, the nurses up on whatever floor have a patient they'd like you to come and see. And I said, okay. So I went up there, and again, nurses can't do this anymore either, but they could then. They, you know, I told them who I was, why I was there. Oh, yes, they said, so-and-so in room whatever uh, uh, just suddenly had congestive heart failure set in. And they said, she's going to die probably within the hour. And her family just left. They live a few hours away, no cell phones in those days. It's going to be a long time before any family can come back and be with her. Will you go? And I said, yes. And I went in there, and here was a lady. She was probably about 60, and she was just heaving breath. Just <gasps> and the look on her face was panic. But I knew I had been told she was a believer in Jesus. And so I sat down next to her. I told her who I was, told her I was a pastor, told her I was a Lutheran pastor. And I said, you know, it's funny, I don't remember her name. I'll meet her again, but I don't remember her name anymore. But I called her by name, and I said, you're going to die very soon. And the nurses were like, you do your job. I respect that. I'll do mine. And, and, and she, she looked at me like, you're telling me, preacher? And I said, remember who and whose you are. And I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, I'm going to recite some Bible passages. And you just listen. And these are passages you already know, but it's, it's, it, it's not me talking. It's God talking. Just listen. And I quoted some passages about things like the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Others building more and more the promises of forgiveness, resurrection, Jesus, free gift, you're not guilty, you're innocent. And I did that for maybe, I don't know, six, seven minutes. And as I did this, did that, the fear left her face. The breathing was still labored but not panicked. And then I told her, 
Oh, and as I was saying these things, I also said, we'll say, we'll say her name was Betty. I said, Betty, this is what you've always believed. Betty, this is the faith you were baptized into. Betty, you know God did th- that Jesus did this for you, and she would nod. And then I said, now, Betty, I'm going to stay here with you, but I'm just going to be quiet now. You go ahead and close your eyes. Just go ahead and fall asleep. And when you wake up, you will see Jesus. And that's exactly what happened. I don't know what the details are going to be like when you fall asleep in Jesus. But when the time comes, you can just close your eyes, knowing that when you open them, you'll see Jesus. That's what he has earned for us. That's what he bought for us with his blood on that cross was forgiveness so we don't need to fear judgment. You will be declared innocent because you already are in Jesus innocent. And yes, your body will fall asleep, but somehow you'll keep going. Don't ask me how. I don't know. But you will, God says. And there will then be that resurrection. Death is still terrible, especially because of the separation from loved ones. And unless you're really young, you've experienced that. And we'll all experience it again. But we who believe in Jesus, we do grieve. God never tells us in the Bible that we shouldn't mourn or we shouldn't grieve. This is what he does say when our loved ones in Jesus fall asleep. He says, we do not grieve like the rest of people who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. A couple more quick stories. We'll wrap it up. If you get on... Here's my directions. If you get on I-70 up here and you head west, before you get out of the city, off to the right, you'll find Bell Fountain Cemetery. And if you go in there and if you drive around long enough, there's a certain gravestone that you'll find. I'm going to describe it to you. It's a typical gravestone. It's a, it's a, a double, a married couple. In the middle, it says married and gives, gives the date. Up in each corner, there's a little cross. And then there's first and middle name, first and middle name, family name in the middle, down on each side, a date, a dash, and a blank, a date, a dash, and a blank. Now you can maybe guess what the names are on that gravestone. Dan and Jan, Gilbert, us. We prearranged our, our funeral, and we were so excited about it. I think our kids thought maybe we had lost it a little bit, but they were all so grateful that we, uh, we made the arrangements. So we, we did it. We, you know, we lined it all up, got it all paid, talked with our pastors about it, and uh, you know, got the stone, all that stuff. And when the cemetery let us know it was there, we said, well, let's go out and take a look. And we did. And it's like, wow, <laughs> there it is. And there, you know, there was a bit of, that's kind of a big deal. No, that's like the biggest deal ever. And it's a little weird. Yeah, our bodies will go there. And then on the last day, the grave robber will come. And those bodies will live. 
yours also. Not because of what you've done, in spite of what you've done, because of what Jesus has done for you. One last real quick story. My dad fell asleep in Jesus when I was in high school. My mom grieved for the next 32 years. She grieved every day, every night. I mean, she wasn't always, but she was always missing him. And when she finally got to fall asleep herself, we, kids, Jan and I, we were so happy for her. She wanted to go. She was ready to go. She, was, she just said, I'm tired. And she got to go. So we were, on the one hand, we were so happy and we wept. Okay? We were sad. We knew we were going to miss her. And we went through the usual thing that most of you have been through, or if you haven't yet, if you're little, you will. It's the end of the funeral, it's a great celebration of the, the cross and resurrection. And then everybody leaves, and we're the family standing at the open casket. And talked a little bit, prayed a little. It's time to go. And one of our daughters said the most perfect words I've ever heard said at a funeral. She said, night, night, Grandma Elsie. There it is. That's the deal. When our loved ones in Christ die, it's not, it's not so long. It's not even goodbye. It's see you in the morning. And we will. Because we have a Savior who died for us and rose again. He's coming back for us. He is the grave robber in all the good ways. He's the one who forgives sinners turns sinners into saints and mortals into immortals. That's you. So today, we look forward to the end of the temporary separation from our loved ones who have died in the Lord. We look forward to the Lord wiping away all the tears from our eyes. We thank God for all the saints before us. But above all, we thank God for Jesus who raises the dead. And we pray, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus, for all the saints who from their labors rest. Thank you that in the end, all safe and happy, we will meet at last. And Lord Jesus, we pray, send your angels soon to carry us to endless day. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the peace of God, which goes beyond all our understanding, Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Pastor.